0: Welcome to another episode of the Dumb and Dumbest podcast, a music industry podcast where everything is terrible and the house is on fire. I'm your host, Matt Bacon, here with my beautiful co-host, Curtis Stewart. Hello, hello. And today we have an amazing guest, producer Tyler Williams. How are you today, Tyler?
1: I'm doing well. How are you guys doing?
0: Well, let's see you know, We're amazing. Mean. Day during COVID, we've all been counting down for this one.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: I've, uh, I've been trying to uh, avoid it as much as possible. Can appreciate Man. that sentiment. The point being, you know, as I said up top, producer, you know, uh, you worked with our friend Lindsay Schoolcraft, and this kind of gets into what I want to talk to you about. Before we get too deep, though, how did you get into this? What's your sort of comic book one? What's the origin story of Tyler Williams, the producer?
1: Um, pretty similar story to a lot of others, I think. Um, got into this, uh, you know, I was playing bands in uh, in high school. Uh, picked up a guitar after hearing um like Bodum and Pantera and you know hearing a couple of those guys rip and just had to pick up a guitar and sort of started woodshedding and doing that whole thing and um played in a couple of bands around Durham region for a few years and then um, our scene sort of died out a little bit this is when I was still a, a later teenager and still underage and you know trying to play the uh the underage sort of venues and all that and um never easy wasn't in a yeah and sort of fell out of a band and wasn't in a band for a while so i was just sort of picking things up on uh, guitar and just doing uh covers of stuff for youtube and um you know was just uh, sticking a, a webcam microphone there and sort of recording the room sound as i blare an amp next to me and um, wanted to sort of make things sound a little bit better and so you know got an interface got a mic and just sort of uh, started tinkering around with that sort of thing and got into um you know, an interest in the finer points of production, I guess, and uh, started becoming a big big fan of, uh, you know, Andy Sneap and Colin Richardson, guys like that. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I got a bit of a hankering for just trying to figure out how to get things sounding, you know, better and better and um, learning a couple of those, uh, those nuances and just, uh, you know, dove sort of headfirst into uh, the old Andy Sneap forms that were pretty popular back, uh, back in the day there. And um yeah, I decided this might be a little bit more viable of a, um, you know, a path to go down than trying to be the, uh, you know, the struggling musician type. And um, sort of got into this and went into school for uh, for a year at Harris in Toronto. And um, I've just been sort of uh, woodshitting ever since, I guess, uh, doing a lot of the, uh, you know, the local bands around Toronto and Joined a band, Sludgehammer, a few years ago, and that sort of connected me with uh, another group of people, and uh, you know, sort of got me a little bit more uh, reinvolved with the the Toronto scene than I had been in a few years. And um, yeah, I've been doing uh, you know a couple records a year at least for the last few years. And uh, COVID's been a pretty busy year for it. Surprisingly enough, we're doing mm-hmm. uh, you know we're keeping pretty musical up here. It seems. Um, so yeah. So it's producing How- all you do. Um, at the moment, yeah. Um, i bounced around with other day jobs and stuff like that, you know, things trying to pay the bills. Um, it was in sales and uh, print music. I was working at a music store in Oshawa that was here for uh, well, quite a while. They were here for like 97 years. Oh, wow. and, uh, yeah, that is yeah, quite a they, while. <laughs> yeah, so they closed uh, this past New Year's and so we just spent the first couple of weeks of this year cleaning it out and I decided, okay, I'm just going to you know, see how long I can coast before um, you know, just doing the music thing. And um, we flew out to uh, Saskatoon for the Junos in March, landed and found out that uh, that was all canceled and the whole world was sort of coming to a standstill. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so um, came back here and just you know, started working on music. I had to push clients back for a little while while we figured the whole you know, pandemic situation out um and then once they said we could open up work again i've just been uh, pretty jam-packed in here since
2: Mm -hmm. um how did playing in in a band actually help you get clients as a producer if it did by out of curiosity
1: oh it's just the whole networking thing right you know it's um being in the right place and meeting the right people and uh, people are a lot more inclined to work with people who they already know you know not just some face that they're meeting through the internet so uh, being in a band that was you know reasonably well respected amongst these scenes and uh playing shows with a lot of the same people you know sort of in the the greater Toronto area week after week uh, you, you get to be pretty comfortable and familiar with a lot of the same people that you're seeing you know seen every couple of months or so and um, it helps build quite a quite a bit of connection um you know that's sort of the uh the foundation for for all of this, I guess.
2: Is that like how you basically got your clients at first was just through your networking via the band?
1: Uh, partly through the band. Lindsay, i had been working with a couple of years prior to joining that band.
2: Um, oh, okay. so
1: Lindsay and I actually met up, you know, she's sort of, uh, I always say she's, um, sort of my, my credibility and where that all stems from. Um, we'd actually met, uh, around the time that I was finishing up at Harris. I think I might've still been there at the time, but, uh, uh, through some mutual friends, we got connected uh, through a, a girl I was seeing at the time She was looking for a vocal coach and someone recommended Lindsay and we'd sort of started hanging out and becoming friends and she was needing someone to help uh, with demoing songs and stuff like that and you know the pre pre-production end of things uh, just with writing her own music and this was just probably a few months before she applied for Cradle mm-hmm. and um then you know a few months of hanging out she got into that and that's a pretty huge thing of course so um you know we've been hanging out ever since um but that's probably about seven or eight years ago now that we'd uh we'd really started uh, sort of working together and uh, we've done most of our work together ever since
2: so she was your first client basically then
1: yeah she was the first person willing to uh you
2: know shell out any money for
1: uh, for what i do <laughs>
2: cool and then how okay so then how did you leverage that in order to get more people kind of like in uh as a client
1: well having the portfolio and the track record that's you know that's a big part of um, sort of landing the the producer gigs or the you know the mixing yeah. gigs that's that's your entire um you know your resume is your portfolio and the people that you've worked with and you know people are just going to judge you based on what they're hearing as a final product and So having her be um, someone that I work with and her being connected to other people. And, you know, it's one of those things that's just more people are going to be aware of it. You know, she's, uh, she's got a much broader audience than a lot of uh, a lot of other people uh, on a certain level. And um, it definitely creates a lot more awareness. And, you know, if people see that, uh, Oh, this person that I, you know, I like and admire is willing to work with this person, then they, they probably know something of what they're doing at least. So that sort of helps uh, quite a bit, really. Um, And she's sort of, you know, she's a figure in the scene locally here. So she, uh, you know, a lot of the people that I'm playing these shows with and that are in these other local bands, they're all fans or friends of hers. And it's, uh, you know, the metal scene's a pretty tight-knit community.
2: Plus, she's always posting about you on social media and how awesome you are.
1: (laughs) Oh, it definitely helps. It doesn't hurt. She's she's a hell of a lot better at the social media side of things than I am. Yeah. Do you actually, do you do much on social media? Not as much as I should. Um, you know, I, I, run some ads, I do some, uh, you know, some posting and I, I should be on a more frequent basis. Um, you know, I'm a, bit of a, a little bit of hypocrisy there. Um, you know, I should be posting more, you know, daily stuff and what I'm doing. Cause I've, I've got work that I'm working on and, you know, people that I'm sure would like to, uh, get something of an update but uh I, i'm not huge on social media you know it's uh, it's a fairly toxic place and i try and stay away from it you know i, I use it for the That's updates and, and keeping in touch with what's going on to uh, you know as much as i need to um but i don't like to use it a lot beyond that but you know that being said it's uh, quite a, a good business tool that i should be you know utilizing a little bit more
2: fair enough um do you ever do you ever uh not sorry do you ever do you have a favorite platform out of the ones when you do use them um
1: i'm really only using facebook and instagram which is owned by the same thing and instagram i like because you know it's it's a lot less uh sort of toxic content on there i think you know it's um more of a promotional photos and you know yeah there's going to be little blurbs in there under some of them but uh it's a little bit more of just the artistic thing without all the background noise
2: Um, yeah yeah uh, yeah you keep mentioning the toxic side of social media which i find interesting that that that's i, I guess that's kind of a good thing because it keeps you on on track and not sucked into the noise of things
1: yeah it, you know there's there's a lot of noise it's pretty easy to get uh, get bogged down and you know it, it, there's a lot going on that feels like um, you know everything is going to affect everybody every day right now yeah. you know like you said it's uh, you know today's uh, today's election day isn't it yeah so uh, you know, yeah. it's, I think I'm going to steer clear of uh, too much Facebook today, I'm sure, or over the next uh, the remainder of the week or so. And Twitter. Uh, yeah, well, uh, you know, I'll keep my eyes open for any uh, trending things about, you know, Civil War breaking out or what have you. But, uh, you know, we'll just, we'll have to see how it goes. But it's, uh, yeah, it's one of those things you can get sucked into too much. And we're, we're pretty isolated this year. I think it's been a, a good year to try and focus on what you need as individuals, you know, on the physical health side of things the mental health side of things and um it's been a good year to sort of get uh, get all your ducks in a row uh, and uh you know make sure that you've got what you need to be able to to live with yourself and too much uh social media is not the answer i don't think at what point did you realize like oh fuck i can be a producer full-time um i'll let you know when um <laughs> no it's um i i been into it for the past few years a little bit more heavily. Um, You know, I've been uh, delving more into the business side of things over the past um, the past couple of years and um, focusing on that side of things has made it a little bit more, uh, you know, plausible of a goal and, you know, gives you a little bit more game plan for um, having an actual, I guess, uh, tactile approach to, you know, sort of building it as a business, building it as a career. um, so over the past couple of years, having that stuff sort of, um, you know, taken a little bit more attention paid to it has uh, certainly helped with that feeling of it being, you know, a, a long-term plausible thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, what inspired you to take <clears throat> it more seriously? Well, I got into it just because, you know, like I was saying with the, um, trying to just figure out how to make things sound better and digging through, you know, um, Threads on forms and the indie sneep stuff and uh once I started paying attention to that stuff and hearing how um, how much really goes into making a you know the difference between a good sounding record or a crappy sounding demo and a great sounding uh you know sort of top level production and uh, there's there's a lot of intriguing stuff in there that sort of goes on under the hood that i think the more I become aware of a lot of it, the more I'm aware of how many people are uh, sort of unaware to, to what's all going on under the hood there.
0: And like, um, like, like, yeah. like what in part, like in terms of
1: production, you mean? Yeah. I think just the amount of detail um, that oh, can go yeah. into some of that stuff, you know, the amount of stuff that happens on a producers and behind the scenes. and Absolutely. Um, you know, people will see a, a playthrough of a, of a song and, You know, think that it's it's a good performance. as solid musicians, and you know, it doesn't take too much more than that. Which that is a a huge part of it, no doubt. But to uh, have this sort of modern metal thing, there's quite a bit of uh, of back end work, let's say.
2: Absolutely.
1: So I want to ask
2: if if it's helped you at all to have been well. I guess I don't know how to frame this. If it's helped you at all to have rocky kind of on your resume, because you produced Lindsay's album and I think you did Gaia's as well, if I'm not mistaken. Rocky was on both of them. Has that helped at all? Uh, It definitely does. You know, it's,
1: that stuff is fairly uh, relatively recent. Uh, You know, Lindsay's album came out, uh, what was that? I guess last, almost a year ago now, last November, I guess. And, um, and then Gaia's is just on the way out. Um, Yeah. It's, it's, it's just another incredibly talented person to work with, you know, having, um, people that you get to work with on a regular basis that are really, really great at what they do is, you know, it's a huge leg up. Um, you know, Spencer was involved in, uh, in Lindsay very heavily Spencer Cregan. And, you yeah. know, he's just another one of those people that I get to work with, uh, you know, a couple times a year, sometimes, um, you know, he's doing a lot of the uh, production on the Am Air record right now that we're, we're finishing up. Nice. And, you know, he's one of those guys too, just like Rocky that, you know, they, they have a specialty that they do, you know, they're on the production end of things and a lot of the, the software instrument side of things, which is not at all what I do. You know, I never delved too, too heavily into the sound design and the uh, synth instruments and a lot of that sort of end of production. So having them mm-hmm. being able to sort of pick up where I'm not necessarily quite as strong, um, you know, it, it's a huge help because I know I can get these people involved in projects and you know, the, the Gaia record, um, she came out here to track vocals. She'd done the uh, piano and the strings in Montreal in a studio there. Mm-hmm. And uh, she traveled out here to Oshawa to do the vocals for it. And then we got talking about the record as it was sort of coming closer to an end and talking about getting Rocky sort of involved and threw a couple of songs his way to see what he might do to him. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a pretty night and day difference. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's nice being able to send stuff to these people that you trust and you know that they have a, a particular thing that they do. Yeah. Sort of a sound of their own and just being able to get stuff back and, you know, know that it's pretty, pretty well always going to be awesome.
2: Yeah. And how is it like, kind of like switching between the genre styles? Cause I mean the guy album and the last Lindsay album is quite different than metal. Obviously. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> there's a, there's an adjustment. There's different considerations yep. and you know, there's uh, every album
1: whatever style it's going to be is always going to have different little considerations you know i'm i'm mixing a like a black and death metal album right now which is very different from the the lindsey and gaia solo soft stuff and it's uh, there's other things to to try and sort out you know it's not a wall of guitars and drums and bass and screaming vocals and all that stuff um yeah I find it's more a matter of you've got all this space to work with because you've only got a few instruments. They're very clean instruments, you know, the harp and the strings and the vocals and, you know, that's pretty much it. Um, so it's almost more a matter of trying to fill things up in a way that makes it sound full enough and interesting enough and not just, um, you know, like it's a vocal mic and a, a harp plugged in and nothing else going on. You know, you want a little bit of uh, sort of magic to it so uh, I'll, I'll play around with other sort of tricks you know lindsay's and i think guys too i did something similar where it's got like a uh, sort of an ambience uh track that i can just send various things to and that was sort of a, a common theme throughout the album is each song has uh, stuff that i can send to this just ambience track and it's just a, a little top end shimmer in this uh, sort of floating uh just a really bright reverb that sits in behind everything and that sort of you know using things like that to sort of fill up space and using your echoes and you know definitely mm-hmm. taking some uh, some pointers and some tips from Devin Townsend um, and you know the way he likes to do things with a lot of echo and uh, looking at things like that for influence but so it's, it's a different set of challenges um, probably a little bit easier to mix and
2: a little easier to listen to sometimes for days on end. Mm-hmm. Now, one, one other thing, just on top of that, do you, did you have any sort of consideration that it was going to be harder to do that type of style or, you know, uh, or I've done different?
1: I've touched on stuff like that in the past here and there. You know, there's, there's albums that you work on that will have, uh, you know, a soft sort of intermittent song or sections in there that are a little bit different. Um, you know, some of the, like, the, the first Imer record is kind of... Uh, tricky in that sense and there's some weird things going on and, but that's i wouldn't say necessarily more difficult it's uh it's just a different set of considerations and it's something uh you know you uh i have to sort of step back from sometimes and um
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know sort of think a little bit more critically if i'm doing the the sort of bread and butter metal stuff that's drums and guitars and bass and all that and, you know i've got a, a sort of set um approach that i take and so when you work on something like this that's harps and strings and you know not much more than that in vocals it's um yeah it takes a little bit more sort of creative um, you know what can i add here to sort of fill things up or to make it feel like a full you know like people are getting an album not just uh, a live off the floor type of thing
0: how much research like like when you're tackling something that's kind of new to you how much research do you need to put in
1: a lot of the research on my end of things is, um, finding something to reference, um, whether that's, you know, a lot of the times I'll ask the artist, if they have something that they've got in mind,
2: mm-hmm.
1: usually they've got some sort of idea, you know, there's a, a vocal sound that they're like from an album or there's, you know, there's a, a harp effect that someone has on this song. And, um, that's sort of the idea of what they're going for. Um, so I'll take stuff like that. You know, there's things like, um, there's a, I think she's Norwegian Aurora. Um, some stuff like that that can, uh, you know, a little bit different and a little bit outside my normal wheelhouse. Um, but it's nice to have something that somebody else has done as a, a starting point or something to at least, uh, you know, be able to reference. Um, right. to kind of, reverse engineer it. Yeah. In a way it's, you know, it's seen what works and what's worked for other people. Um, And then a lot of the other, you know, beyond that, it's a lot of just back and forth with some uh, revision notes and seeing specifically what they had in mind, Um, you know, when it comes to Lindsay and like the harp album that we did. Um, Most of that is pretty, um, pretty blanket stuff. You know, there's a lot of um, similar, uh, you know, sort of the overall harp uh, ambience that sort of carries from song to song. And then there's little things here and there, like I know there was one part uh, where we needed to make something sort of bounce around a little bit differently. So uh, rather than record it in sort of a few different parts, we did it as a uh, as a, a ping pong delay. So you hear the main one and then you hear it bounce on the right and then the left after and it's all very mm-hmm. uh, sort of perfectly in sync. And that was just sort of, you know, playing around with stuff on the fly. It was an idea that popped into my head, spend a couple minutes uh, sort of tinkering with it we dug it and you know sort of uh, hit print and move on.
0: Very fair. And so then this kind of ties into the next question is like so just for those who don't know you know what do, what does a COVID recording session look like?
1: Uh, it's a little bit emptier, it's a little bit more spaced apart. Um, yeah. You know we I started getting people back in here uh, beginning of june which was about two weeks after they announced that we could go back to work and um you know it's there's some more prep work you know there's a little bit more uh, attention to detail paid to you know wiping down all the handles and all the common areas and things like that and you know keeping things a little bit tidier i'm trying to keep everything sort of uh, within arm's reach of where they need to be the most most of the time you know i've had a good couple of drum sessions over the past few months and Uh, The drum sessions are nice because they're actually in the other room from where I'm sitting. Um, They're sort of in the adjacent room and I'm in the control room here. And so then I can just, you know, they've got a table, they've got their coffee and they've got their water and they've got their headphones and, you know, everything that they sort of need to have with them. Uh, And then we're just communicating through a microphone. Um, I've had some vocal sessions as well and that we're in the same room. So... You know, if we're sort of sitting next to each other at the computer, you know, everybody's got their masks on. Other than that, I've got sort of a a vocal booth that I build in the back of the room here with a couple uh, panels that I can move around. Um, So for vocal sessions, they're pretty much trapped in that little tent and they're just spitting right into the vocal booth. And, um, you know, so we're keeping our distance and it's, um, you know, no extra people coming by, um, you know, no parties of full bands coming while it's just the drummer here for a week type of thing. But uh,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. aside from that, it's not been too, too terrible. You know, we've been getting by and uh, you know, our, our government's been half decent to uh, how they've treated the unemployed with, you know, some of the subsidization and um, getting people some money. So it seems the first few months people were just, you know, sort of collecting their checks and writing music and everyone's feeling pretty uh, pumped and creative. Um, I think that's dying down a little bit now. you know, it's getting into the holiday season, everyone's got to be a little bit more cautious. Um, so the sessions aren't quite as frequent right now, but it's uh, it's been good to have you know people back in here a little bit.
0: do you feel do you feel there's been sort of a meaningful a meaningful change in the music that kind of comes out of like instead of it being the full, the full band there, it's just you and the drummer. Like, do you feel like that's had sort of a, a, a creative sonic impact?
1: Oh, there's some stuff that definitely benefits from having other people here. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we did uh, some drum sessions earlier in the, like right when we could get back to work during the whole COVID thing. And it was a little bit of a, a hindrance, not having a, it was for a, a guy, Rick. He uh, He's writing all the music. and We had uh, Dylan Gowan doing session drums on it. And it was a little bit of a hindrance not having him here being able to, uh, you know, weigh in in real time uh, on certain sections or fills and things like that. You know, it's definitely nice having the person who's sort of behind the project, you know, the, the real um, person behind writing it. It's nice to have them there in person for that input so you know we're doing the best we could with just sending files back and forth as we get through songs and you know going back over things but it, it's definitely nice to have people here as opposed to uh you know having uh us to sort of figure it out on ourselves when somebody else is you know um, foot in the bill trying to understand someone else's artistic vision yeah like maybe not even met
0: that person is not yeah us.
1: And the people I've been working with through this year are are people that I'm pretty familiar with. So it's been, you know, it's been pretty smooth for the most part, but yeah, there is, it is kind of nice having that excuse to, uh, you know, tell people, sorry, it's, you know, uh, necessary people only. Uh, I don't want to have five people standing around making noise while we're trying to do vocals, you know, so it's.
0: Yeah. Well, that's kind of the curse of being a a studio guy, right?
1: Yeah. You know, you got to keep things sort of on track and keep people focused and productive and, you know, that's a big part of the job. So having it just be, uh, you know, the people that are here doing the work, that's not necessarily a bad thing.
0: Yeah. I can definitely imagine that. Uh Stripping it. I have a couple friends who, who own studios, who feel like, Hey, you know, having it strips down to like just the people who need to be there was like, wow, we can actually get so much done now.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, if, the party thing's fun and whatever it's it's not my scene you know i'm not a big partier um i like the times towards the end of the album you know get the whole band in here to listen to the mix as a whole and everybody sit and sort of you know just listen through it and have a time and you know have a drink or two and you know that sort of thing's fine um but while you're trying to be productive and people are you know paying by the hour it's not the best idea to have four people that are doing nothing sitting in the back there just making noise right yeah no i can imagine that's got to be kind of a
0: a stressful situation when you're trying to when you're trying to make it work as it were yeah exactly so just as we kind of start to head towards the end a little bit what you know I, i've kind of been pushing a lot of my clients to use the studio as sort of a place to create content you know like filming the process etc mm-hmm. um so a it well, when people come in and they try kind of be creating content in the studio for their social media or whatever a how does that make you feel and b
1: what is the best example of that that you've seen i'm honestly all for it um like i said i'm terrible when it comes to doing my own social media and uh, i try to make an extra point of doing social media stuff when i have people here that are you know interacting and we can share and you know bounce viewers off of each other's channels and things like that Um, you know it's definitely beneficial and sort of helps everybody so I try to pay attention to it Um, I've always got my phone ready to go you know I'll um, I don't have a whole lot of um, video equipment or anything set up but you know an iPhone 11 does pretty well if you've got a decently well lit area yeah and um, so I've always got mic stands with clips in there for I can you know I can mount phones and take social media posts and you know, edit stuff together in Final Cut, if you want to take the audio from our session and stick it to, you know, the video that we took so people can do posts and stuff. So I'm, I'm all for it. Um, you know, I have intentions to to get a little bit more set up. So I would like to have some camera equipment set up and some lighting stuff so that I can just have it rolling while we're doing sessions and send people home with, you know, a few hours worth of, you know, in-studio footage, because I always liked watching that stuff growing up. And, you know, I always get some some good information out of some of those behind the scenes stuff. You know, there was always like the, you know, cannibal corpse in the studio and stuff like that. You know, I loved watching those videos growing up. So sure. yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. Um, you know, there, it's just part of running the business and, you know, running a band as a business, you know, it's just something that you have to do. Um, so I'm all for, you know, I'll, I'll remind people and make sure that we are getting some content and, um, you know, just something to post and say, Hey, you know, don't forget about us. We're working on some music here. Uh, yeah.
0: No, Absolutely. That's really cool that, you know, I, I, I'm curious to see how studios increasingly evolve since that seems like, you know, what you're kind of outlining there seems like the trend that uh, a lot of people are beginning to embrace.
1: Yeah, and it's, you know, it is what it is. It's part of the business. And, you know, I'm not crazy about being on social media. Like I said, I need to do a better job of it but uh i get a kick out of it now and then you know if i've got people over it's it's fun to come up with some stuff and you know it's just another um little bit of being creative and you know coming up with something to share with people that you know are there to listen to what you have to say or you know get a kick out of following you for whatever reason um and it it doesn't hurt anything you know it's uh, it's sort of beneficial to every every party involved yeah, of course, of course. And yeah, and sometimes,
0: sometimes something cool happens and then you get to show your friends and at least you can show them now, which maybe you couldn't
1: do pre-social media. Well, exactly. You know, I, I got some clips that I like to go back to and rewatch now and then. And and that's, that's a big part of just your marketing, your advertising, your networking and all that, you know, you're tagging companies that you're using and, you know, that's how a lot of these people are getting involved and in getting to work together with, you know, other newer companies, um, you know, that, uh, weren't around when it was uh, less social media heavy Mm -hmm. you know i've got like friends that i'm thinking of that are getting involved with like solar guitars because it's you know old england and he's just one of the youtubers that grew up in the you know this age and it's so easy to network and connect with these people you've never you know met it's uh, a lot of it's pretty heavily dependent on the whole social media posting and you know being good at what you do on there absolutely 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 Curtis, do you have any final questions?
2: No, I think he's answered every one of them. It's been great so far. Awesome. Cool. Do, you, do you have anything you want to push, Tyler, before we
0: start to wrap this up?
1: Uh, hand-washing, voting, I guess. Uh, you know, all the, uh, the good, healthy things to do. Yeah, just everybody uh, you know, take care of yourselves up. during these times.
0: These are important things for 2020, hand-washing and voting, baby. <laughs> yeah, no, just
1: everybody taking care of yourselves. You know, it's uh, it's been a, a year of getting used to uh, a lot of different things. And it's been a good year for trying to focus on, uh, you know, ourselves as human beings and slow down things a little bit. And, you know, just uh, take care of yourselves.
0: Very well said. Well, this has been Dumb and Dumbest, and you have been listening. And tomorrow we will be back with another edition of Scam Week.
1: Are we done